All right, so this is gonna be a bit of a, a late reaction. And the reason is that I was just sort of waiting for someone, anyone, to make the points I'm about to make. You know, I was waiting for some sort of substantive critique uh, of Ilan Omar's comments that she made. Uh, the recent comments that she made. Uh, her comments, uh, specifically, we have seen unthinkable atrocities committed by the US, Hamas, Israel, Afghanistan, and the Taliban. Okay, so look, let's, let's dive into it. Um, you know, first thing I wanna do is say, uh, I think part of the reason why there has not been much pushback on Omar, there was initially, right? There was some, a few <clears throat> fellow House members who said, you know, this is anti-Semitism. And I think they were basing that charge, not simply on this comment, but on previous comments that she's made before. Uh, I mean, she's talked about how the U.S. support of Israel is all about the Benjamins. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's pretty, she's been pretty transparent in using certain anti-Semitic tropes um, in her characterization of Israel and uh, the Israeli-U.S. alliance. So, you know, to that extent, this is really Nothing new, but I, I I thought it was interesting. Why why are you picking these? And I'm not even saying that she's wrong, right? I'm not even saying uh, that the U.S. and Israel haven't committed committed atrocities, because they most assuredly have, right? But I find it interesting. You're you're com you're singling out these groups. Now, what are these groups? You've got America. Uh, Israel and Afghanistan, right? These are sovereign states. But then you've got two explicit, explicitly terrorist organizations who just happen to have, at one time or another, controlled states, right? The Taliban was in control of Afghanistan. And, you know, we could argue that... <laughs> Uh, if they're not in control now, they will be, right? And Hamas. Hamas is in control of Gaza. That strikes me as a, as a bit hypocritical. Um, let's talk about Hamas for a second. If you look at Hamas's charter, right? Hamas was sort of an offshoot of the Muslim Brotherhood back in the late 80s, um, right around uh, the first intifada. And if you look at Hamas's charter, <clears throat> it explicitly calls for the destruction, destruction of Israel. And it's very explicit in saying that it's not simply <clears throat> at war with Zionism, right? But Jews, Go back and look at that charter. They actually use a quote. I think this is during um, 
the seventh, let me see if I'm correct here. I think it's article seven. Yeah, article seven of Hamas's charter. And they, they quote one of the hadith. Uh, this is the al-Bakari hadith, which, you know, I'm no expert in Islam, but from what I understand is considered, I mean, next to the Quran, the highest Islamic authority, right? So here's, here's the quote. Um, the stones and trees will say, O Muslims, O Abdullah, there is a Jew behind me. Come and kill him. Come and kill him. Um, yeah, okay, so that's, <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty explicit. They're, they're not just talking about, you know, the standard uh, Islamicist, you know, we want to destroy the state of Israel because we're, you know, we're against anti-Zionism. Um, you know, it goes further than that and calls for genocide of the Jewish people. Uh, so that's interesting. And, you know, so that's, again, during the late 80s, during the first Intifada. What happened during the Oslo peace process during the 90s? What was it? What was going on in the background? You know, the Oslo peace process was was it was a very difficult process, in part because of right wing extremists in Israel right you know members of the the settler movement who just continued and no doubt you know whether the government's support of them was explicit or implicit whether they just looked the other way you know there's some culpability there right um and the settler movement to this day is controversial and it, it inflames the tensions um, and indeed there are right-wing extremists, fanatics in the settler movement who uh, believe that there's some sort of divine warrant, you know, to take over lands even when they don't belong to them. Um, you know, but what's interesting to me is I don't know of any settler movement groups, certainly within the political parties, that call for the genocide of Palestinians. They definitely call for the transfer. And I'm not saying that's that's good, right? I'm not saying that's right. But are we gonna argue there's, a dis, there's not a distinction between transferring people and killing them? So, so that was definitely part of the problem with the Oslo peace process. But what was the other part of the problem? Oh, right. The, the Hamas, along with their um, other uh, Islamicist organizations like the Islamic Jihad, they were committing terrorist acts all over, 
blowing up buses, right? Um, going to restaurants and blowing themselves up or opening fire. Um, let's just talk about a few of those incidents. October 19th, 1994, 22 people killed in a Tel Aviv suicide bus bombing. February 25th, 1996, 26 killed in a Jerusalem bus bombing. March 3rd, 1996, 19 killed in a Jerusalem, you guessed it, bus bombing. December 2nd, 2001, 15 killed in a Haifa bus bombing. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, March 27th, 2002, 22 killed in a Natanya, sorry, suicide bombing. This is at a hotel. August 19th, 2003, 22 killed in a Jerusalem bombing. I mean, ad infinitum, okay? Um, go down the list. These are just the ones that are attributed to Hamas, by the way. Because again, there were other uh, terrorist organizations that were like the Islamic Jihad that were active at the time as well. So, so what's the point, right? I'm talking about, these are all old news, I guess some would say, you know, this was before um, Hamas moderated itself. Well, we'll get to that. But the point is, all these terrorist acts and more happened before 2006, right? But what happened in 2006? Well, they held elections in Gaza. Who did they vote for? Oh, that's right. They voted for Hamas. So the Palestinians elected Hamas a known terrorist organization. Now here's my question. When Omar is making her, her equivocation, right, between all these actors that have committed atrocities, why doesn't she say Gazans or Palestinian Gazans? I mean, let's be fair, right? This is um, let's not include the West Bank, okay? But why that oversight? I mean, because that's essentially what she's doing when she's saying Israel or the U.S., right? That those countries are responsible for everything bad that happens. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, if that's a standard you, you want to use, okay. I'm not going to quibble with that. But it, why not be consistent if that's the standard that you're going to use, right? You know, here's, the, here's the situation. Um, this is why people have a hard time taking Omar seriously because she's not intellectually consistent, because she clearly has an agenda. She wants to portray the Palestinians in a certain light. 
right? And look, if, if you want to argue that the Gaza slash West Bank occupation is a, a terrible thing, I would agree with that. I agree with it wholeheartedly. But why not be honest about the fact that the Palestinian people, that their situation is just as complex as the Israeli people, right? Their situation is just as complex as the U.S. Not all U.S. people agree with government policy. Right, the government possibly would be responsible for the atrocities that she's referring to. We don't even know what atrocities she's referring to. It might be helpful if she would be specific, but there's no denying that the U.S. government has, at times, been responsible for atrocities. Distant history, Native Americans, Black Americans, um, recent history. Latin Americans, right? Latin Americans in, in Latin American countries, right? We've sponsored right-wing death squads. Israel, there's, there have been moments when the, whatever Israeli government is in, in control at the time, I don't know if you could even spe specifically indict one more than the other. I think there have been, um, I would suppose Omar would agree that there have been atrocities that have com been committed. Whether you talk about the labor or Likud or, um, well, it's usually those two governments that are in control. Um, but there's no, also no question that there are Israeli citizens who don't agree with those government policies. And here's the thing that I find interesting. Oftentimes when the IDF or even if it's not a member of the military, right? Even if it's some crazy, um, you know, fanatical settler, terrorist, uh, like what happened at the Tomb of the Patriarchs, right? I think there were I don't, 25, forgive me if, if I'm getting the number wrong, I think 25 um, Arabs that were murdered by this fanatical right-wing settler. Um, there are Israeli people who don't agree with that, right? There are Israeli people who, some people don't even agree with a two-state solution. Some people think that th there should be a one-state solution. And as anyone who's contemplated that option knows, if there were a one-state solution, it would cease to be a Jewish state because they would, the Jewish people would be in the minority. But there are Israeli citizens that are Jewish. 
that's, that still nonetheless support that. So, that. so the point is that the situation on the ground is much more complex than Omar wants to consider or think about. Right? And she knows that. She knows it. That's why she says Hamas instead of Gazans or Palestinian Gazans. Right? Because she knows full well that there are plenty of Palestinians who don't agree with the terrorist tactics used by Hamas to this day. I'm sorry. Launching rockets, explicitly targeting civilian areas. You're not even attempting to target uh, military targets. It's not like the situation in Gaza where the, the, the population density is so bad and as a matter of policy, Hamas deliberately uh, places its weapons and installations and offices in civilian locations. Military targets are out in the open in Israel. They're, <laughs> they're not that hard to figure out. But Hamas, they, that's not what they are. They're a terrorist organization, right? You're going to tell me that the Palestinian Gazans who voted for them aren't culpable? But the Israelis are? The Americans are? At least be consistent is what I'm saying. Because by not being consistent, you really betray your own bias and intellectual frailty. Um, you, know, and I, you know, I mentioned... Here's, here's a, a point that I want to make. I mentioned the Hamas charter from 1988. Now, Hamas has <laughs> published a document that is not a revision of their charter. I want to make that clear because they make it clear, right? Um, now, it's a political document, and it does um, make certain concessions, like it does at least implicitly recognize uh, the state of Israel based on the uh, 1967 borders. And the document also does try to distinguish between Jews and Zionism. I'm not saying this is not progress. It is progress. It's great. Um, however, the, the leadership specifically said this document does not undermine our principles nor our strategy. Now your principles are outlined in that original charter. So this is a political document, right? It's, it's sort of a concession based on reality that you're not going to defeat uh, the Israeli IDF, the Israeli military. You're just not gonna do it. Um, does that mean they no longer believe, that they no longer have racist beliefs? 
about Jews, that they no longer believe that Jews must be killed because, again, that quote was inserted into their charter from the Hadith. So I would like to know whether or not they think that surah in that hadith is no longer valid, is no longer applicable. I would be interested to know that. Um, look, here, and here's, here's the thing, <laughs> here's the thing with um, Omar. I've defended her from racist attacks by Trump. You know, Trump was criticizing her and other members of the squad, saying that if they don't like America, they should just go back where they came from. No, no, they're, they're here. This is where they belong, America. So, I mean, that's just ridiculous. But you know, you don't, you can't, <laughs> you can't deny the legit, legitimacy of that statement. And then anyone, and then on the other side, anytime someone attacks you or criticizes you, criticizes not you, but what you're saying, you can't fall back on, oh, it's Islamophobic. Your criticism is Islamophobic or you're criticizing my blackness or you're criticizing me because you're a misogynist. Really? <laughs> um, taking issue with your statement, with your, with your equivocation and your general long-running anti-Semitism. Sorry, just is what it is. Um... How is that Islamophobic exactly? I mean, this is a tactic that unfortunately these pseudo leftists, because I don't consider them progressive, because if you were really progressive, you would actually embrace free speech and you wouldn't resort to such cowardly tactics as trying to shut down dialogue by these identity politics games. You just because you're getting criticized, that doesn't mean you're the person doing it as a racism <laughs> or they're against Islam or they're against women. Why don't you try to evaluate the content of their critique before you reflexively jump to that conclusion? How about that? This is why the left is hated by people who should otherwise be our allies, working class people. You know, the left should not be solely the domain of people playing identity politics games. There are plenty of people who should be, who should have common cause. I mean, I advocate for socialist economic policies because I think it would benefit the vast majority of working people. If you're a wage earner, it would definitely benefit you, right? There are a lot of people um, 
who end up on the outside looking in and aren't part of the coalition that should be, the progressive coalition, I should say. And they should be. It's in their own interest. It's in their self-interest. And it would help the overall movement, right? Because right now we're, we're sort of caught in this cycle where we take one step forward and two steps back. And it's because of people like Omar. Uh, it's because of demagogues like her. Sorry, she is. And, you know, people that are intellectually dishonest uh, and hypocritical and, and don't like any criticism. They don't want to hear it. And they reflexively default to any criticism is because you're racist. Any criticism, it's got to be because they hate my religion or they hate my gender. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous. There are some people like that. That's true. But they expose themselves by the content of their speech. Right? Not just not just simply because they're contrarian or simply because they disagree with you. Sorry, that's not enough. You actually do have to engage with what they're saying in determining whether or not they're racist or Islamophobic or misogynist. Um, and if you don't believe that, then there's no point in having conversation. You've, you've lost. And you're going to continue to lose because people are going to hate you because they see you as an intellectual fraud. You call yourself a progressive, you call yourself a liberal, but yet you can't engage in an honest debate. You can't do it. And you won't do it. Because, let's be honest, it doesn't suit your propaganda. We could have an honest debate about the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. We could have an honest debate about what's, what each side has done that's good and bad. We could actually do that. And we could even reach uh, probably a lot of agreement, right? I would agree that the, U, the Israel, Israeli government and the IDF is in a position of dominance. No question about that. I can agree that I understand why um, if you were a Palestinian, you might feel like you have to resort to violence. Right? That you're, you're in such a desperate situation that you might feel like that's the only way. Um, I disagree with that. And I think that if you're going to condemn violence as a principle... Well, then you should be consistent. But this is a debate that you can't even have with someone like Omar because she won't have it. She's just not going to do it. And that's unfortunate. 